Hello, everybody. This is Duncan Fisher. Look at your mech. Now look at mine. Now look back at your mech. Now look back at mine. Does your mech look as good as mine? Sadly, no. But that's because I'm a fictional character, and my mech is made of awesome. However, you could probably get your mech to seem as good as mine if you listen to the No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. It starts right now. No Guts, No Galaxy is recorded in front of a live studio audience. This is an adult podcast containing adult language. Consider yourself warned. You're listening to the Gamecasting Broadcast Network. Live from the outreach studios around the world. This is a No Guts, No Galaxy podcast. And now, your host, Phil, a.k.a. Sean Lang. And we now continue with part two of the Russ Bullock interview. All right, so that was a good, uh, I think, a good point to transition from talking about the past, which is uh, very cool to hear how the game came into being. Uh, we can move into uh, basically where it is now, uh, most specifically about the recent patch on the third and the addition of the Orion and in the in-game movement tutorial and the changes that were made to the Gauss and PPC uh, so how is this most recent patch being received so far? Well, without a doubt, it's it's been, you know, the most positive, you know, response the game has probably had in, I don't know, how long, three to six months at least. Um, I think that's for a number of things. There, there's some periphery things we'll talk about, I'm sure, that are, that are really great, really exciting for new players, like the, the movement tutorial. Um, there's a great new mech in the Orion, but... Really what it boils down to is precisely what we spent some time talking about. People responding extremely well to the changes in the balancing. It's one of those things that you'll never satisfy everybody. And honestly, we'll never be done balancing the game. You know, it, someone called it a game of whack-a-mole. Well, that's that's true to a degree. I, we think the, the, the whacks get less and less intense and it'll get more and more tweak-based. But this is the type of game that will almost never be complete in its balancing, but we changed the way the Gauss worked. I know Brian talked about this, so I don't need to go into it in great detail, but it really became more of a, a role-specific weapon. And I don't know about you guys, but it's been what, a week since the patch, and people are really adapting. You know, I'm, st- I'm starting to get whacked by Gauss's a little more. Um, people are getting good at using the new mechanic, the new charge mechanic. But it's more role specific, you know. Thing we fixed the advanced zoom at the same time. So you that's what I was just gonna say. Yeah. yeah, I mean that was perfect timing that they both happened together because I've seen I'm seeing that a lot basically the, the had, Gauss and the advanced zoom. I, I saw yesterday when we were streaming uh, <laughs> when I, I died and one of our teammates was in a Jaeger uh, DD and he was using the dual Gauss and he was using the advanced zoom module and I swear to God, like there was three or four, maybe even five or six people that were like, "Hey, what is that?" And someone was like, oh, that's the advanced thing. And they were like, that's the advanced? It's like, when the hell did that happen? It's like, oh, this last patch. And they're like, 
I am definitely buying that. Or someone was like, holy crap, I didn't realize they had fixed that. I'm going to go, you know, use it and, you know, dust it off. And, you know, even me, I was like, you know, when that, that change came in, I was like, ah, oh, thank God, you know, like, you know, and I can understand that too. You know, uh, a lot of people bought this thing and, you know, a lot of them were like, well, it's not the most pretty thing in the world. You can still use it. But yeah, I definitely liked it. And uh, a lot of people were like, oh, crap. Yeah, I'm going to go get that now. <laughs> And then, of course, the other thing was uh, the change to PPCs. And a lot of people call it a nerf, and I, I suppose it is, based on where the PPCs were before. But it's easy or we, to forget, and we should remind everyone that right now, the way PPCs function is uh, precisely at Battletech Canon values. Um, and we kind of made our own bed here a little bit. I mean, PPCs were just too damn good for too long. And those of you that have been in friends and family go way back, kind of understand the story. In the beginning, PPCs suck. At least that's what everyone said. They suck, they suck, they suck. And part of the problem was I think people were used to PPCs from MechWarrior 4, which from what I understand, people that know the code base, um, they were running at like 17 damage or something like that. I don't know, for whatever reason, they'd really jacked them up and um, ours were running at the standard cannon 10 damage. But I think the biggest thing was as we continued to improve both the hit detection and the ballistics and just all the, the ballistics-based weapons in the game really were lagging behind in the beginning because they weren't ray trace weapons. Um, but as those things improved, all of a sudden PPC got better and better. Back in the day when they sucked, in order to kind of make them decent, we had pulled the heat way down. I mean, I think a regular PPC at one point was running at 7 heat instead of 10 and an ERPPC at 11, was it, instead of 15? So as we fixed those things, I think we waited a little too long to make that change, personally, but I finally talked Paul into it that last patch, that these things got to be at canon value. Um, you know, Otherwise, the PPC was the best heat to, to damage ratio weapon in the game. I mean, you were like 10 damage, 8 heat, or 9 heat. So got them back at canon level. So there's, and also a regular PPC does zero damage under 90 meters. That's part of canon as well. Um, we could debate whether an ERPPC should really do damage under 90, but for now it does, as per Battletech Cannon. So uh, you still see, I'm still seeing a fair amount of PPCs in the battle place, but they're just not as dominant, and I think that's good. You're just not supposed to shoot them off as quickly as you were before, and um, and maybe use the regular PPCs at short range, you know, under 90 meter brawling. So just, you know, some of those tweaks have really helped. So I think with the advanced zoom, the Gauss PPC, you're seeing a lot more advanced zooming, sniping with ER PPCs and PPCs and Gauss rifles. And, and of course, what that did is it just opened up a lot more weapons. Now you see people running pretty much everything. I mean, we got a tweak coming up for the Flamer. We have a tweak coming up for the UAC5, as you know. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to be pretty close. I think it'll be in pretty good state. We're going to continue to tweak and balance, I'm sure. But um, I think hopefully from that point on, it'll be uh, much smaller tweaks, not you know great big hammers. Yeah, I think a, I think a good indication of weapon balance is when now, of course, this is from a random battle or a pug perspective. I don't know what's going on right now in the twelve v twelve. Haven't done them for a few weeks, but um, it, I pretty much see everything. And, you know, I don't see anything in overabundance. Now, of course, maybe what might be off a little bit right now is the UAC-5. But like you said, there's a patch coming for that. Um, and maybe the SRM-2 and, and the Flamer or something like that. But, of course, I feel going from all the way back from uh, closed beta uh, is that everything is as close to being balanced as it's ever been. Uh, I see people using pretty much everything. And I think that's great. I mean, that's that's a huge accomplishment in my opinion. 
Hey, yeah, I told go. you I was going to make LBXs quick or good. Oh, they are so fun, man. So much fun. I love running LBXs now. So, yeah, the uh, LB10X, or as Phil likes to say, the LBX10 is definitely improved. I'm having a lot of fun with that, especially on my 3D. That's what I'm running it mostly with. Um, also, the in game movement tutorial, I think that was a, a, a huge addition in the recent patch. Are you seeing a lot of people using it, or what, what are your plans basically for that tutorial and future tutorials? Yeah, I don't have any metrics yet on how many people are using it. Um, we just know that in general our uh, metrics as, as far as you know retention on the game are continuing to rise. Um, and they've definitely been rising at a much faster pace here over the past month or so with some of the features we put in. Um, a lot of those things really help a new user understand you know, just how to pilot a battle max. Believe it or not, to some of us and you know, all the listeners here just think, oh my goodness gracious, it's so easy. But it's shocking how hard it is to the new user it's, it's just like you look at them like what is wrong with you you know like <laughs> where's your brain but it's just super hard if you've never played a mech warrior before mech warrior game it really goes against everything they've ever learned you know in any game like whatever they've ever played they just they expect that this something to happen they move their mouths and, and just things don't behave the way they expect it to behave you know until they can kind of see their mech whether it's in that third person top-down view or and now the tutorial kind of utilizes that as well as explains it to them um it's only been a week so we need to collect more metrics and exactly how that's doing but i guess more importantly what that done is it's really started the ball rolling so it's just the first of many tutorials of course we'll have a the next one we want to do is a is like a weapon firing tutorial so uh, whether that will include both how to manage heat and how to set weapon groups i expect it will but maybe that'll get split up into multiple tutorials and there'll be more so uh there should be a whole list of them in there um get through all the basics and the key ones of course movement uh heat management weapon groups um those are those are really the big ones right there we um we had Jason uh, aka the Centurion from the Drop Command podcast, and um, he actually they have a recent one that uh, just came out, and you know they actually asked uh, someone they had they had someone on the show, and she was basically saying how important that tutorial was, and that she really really it helped her tremendously, and actually one of the suggestions uh, she had was I I need to know like how to like fit this mech you know how how do all the nuances work the hard points and stuff like that and she said you know yeah it obviously firing and stuff but um i think a lot of people just take for granted uh, all of us do uh, i've seen it you know how difficult and how multi-layered um mech war and battle tech are just in general i mean you i think the best thing is when we did uh, when i did twitch event a while back uh with um it, it was someone um, it was his name was Bo. Remember that, Darren? And you you get introduced mm-hmm. to new players, and you're like, oh, okay, well, you know, uh, battle mech can torso twist left and right independently of its legs. And for us, that's all like. Well, like, and even more recently, Sidestrafe just did a new video on MWO, and he said right in there that this game has a really steep learning curve. And he's you know he even had some previous Mech Warrior experience. So I think 
that some of us do take that for granted. And maybe some of us have been playing other things or continuing to play MW4 over the years for a decade and got into oh, yeah. Living Legends. And so we're always in a mech and, and we kind of just have it ingrained into our, our DNA or whatever. But a lot of people, this this is a really steep learning curve, whether it's the actual gameplay or it's a mech lab, which tons of people spend more time in the mech lab than they do playing games. <laughs> hours. So, like, yeah. Hours upon hours. It's like uh, EFT. You know? it's, and, and, but that's, and that's what I love. It's a deep oh, yeah, game. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, and, and I and I think that goes a, a long way, saying like how important it is uh, for you know the, the sorry predator the listeners out there when you have new people you have friends that get into the game or you see a new player uh, or anything on the team speak three help them out like answer questions and don't just think oh well this person's an idiot they're not an idiot they're just like you but it may have just been like fifteen years ago right I mean you know when I started playing Mech Warrior it, it, it was when I was 12 years old, you know, I mean, it's been, you know, 17 years. I mean, it's, and anyways, I don't think that's, that's a really important thing is, you know, you're not as young as you think you are. (laughs) You're getting older every day. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I'm, I'm young for life, (laughs) but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you whippersnapper. I, I, yeah. So we got launch coming. We've got the MWO launch party in San Francisco. Uh, how, how's all that coming along? Getting excited? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting excited. And I know there's a there's I guess the thing I'd like to touch on there is there's a lot of people that kind of say, you know, why launch? You know, why would you launch now? I mean, hey, we, you know, we don't have UI 2.0 yet. We don't have community warfare, this, that, or the other. And you know, why would you launch? And trust me, I, I understand completely why people would say that. And you're not alone. I mean, there's there's always constants of plenty plenty of, of debate internally. I mean, the thing if it was up to us entirely you know or me entirely let's say i want to have chosen to wait but unfortunately i think the bottom line is there's a lot of it's just a lot of kind of basic uh you know business things you know the unfun side the business side of things if you will right there's there's pr firms saying hey you know we got new consoles coming out this that and the other and you know here's really the windows we have and then there's it's just you know IGP and certain things they have going on and Piranha and some you know things that we have going on and sometimes it just comes down to uh, you know you have to make a, a decision that's you know maybe not perfectly ideal but it's a, the best window we can come up with and all, all I need to say to everyone is look a little buzzword I caught caught at PAX this year was um, uh, there is no final product. I think it was, a, it was an SOE employee that was saying that about uh, PlanetSide, and I totally agree with that. That's you know, really the philosophy is, you, you know, you're right. It's, anyone who wants to play the game can already play. Um, we're not sitting back thinking this is going to be absolutely epic, like all of a sudden there's going to be 100 million times more players on the 17th than there is now. That's not necessarily the case. It's still going to be a gradual growing process. But it's important for us to just make the line in the sand, say, okay, we're launched it's a lot of pressure from media too to say, you know, when can we review the game? And maybe we'll just review it now because you guys have been in open beta for a year. So, you know, there's a lot of pressures, way too many to get into. But let's just say now's the time we're going to launch. Uh, but there's no finished product. We're not done yet. Um, there's no end in sight to the features we'll be implementing. We'll be putting in those other features that you all want to see just as soon as we possibly can. Well, you mentioned, Russ, timing. I know for a fact, I've read articles over and over and over again, how important releasing a title is as far as a time, because they'll get overshadowed by another title, or a particular hardware will come out, or multiple titles will come out, and 
like timing is everything when it comes to you know release and and i think that's what you were just hitting on like people are like you know like well why does that matter it's like well because it really matters if, if you're trying to you know compete for aerospace and and everything or comp it's about competition you know and the big biggest time zone and if that window gets cut short your next window may not be for what four months six months eight months or whatever right i mean that's it's pretty much the the gist of it yeah that's exactly right and as much as we don't um you know it seems like it doesn't matter uh there's still you know there still will be a lot of attention from from launch you know there's going to be you know over 25 press at the launch event you know we're going to see a lot of articles written about launch and believe me as a developer you know i fret over the fact that you know geez if we just had another you know three months or whatever we could have got you know more favorable reviews things like that but there just comes a point in time where i guess in that sense is very much like uh uh, very much like the you know the brick and mortar stores that there's you can only wait so long and then you've just gotta you know gotta launch your launch your game i was gonna say i'm sure probably too it's it's sort of like the the artist too is like you're you're it's never good enough you know there's always something and i you know talking uh with uh you know brian and and garth and stuff you've got so many wants and and needs and and the wish list is gigantic and you know i'm sure that's uh just it builds up and up and up yeah, it's it's yeah. unlike the artist in that it's not a finished product. You don't finish the painting and that's it. This is ongoing development. So that's what I, I mean. That's what I've learned to love about free to play titles. Uh, it's you know you keep getting the consistent patches, the updates, the new vehicles, whatever the game may be, maps, you know, optimizations, new game modes, all that stuff. It's just like it's 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 the gift. Like I said in the you know the previous podcast, it's the gift that keeps on giving, and I think that's. Uh, one of the very awesome things about the business model. And, you know, just to touch on San Francisco, I'm thoroughly stoked. Like, I'm totally excited. Like, I don't know. Uh, I, I talk to people all the time. I've got it marked off on my calendar. My fiance is super stoked for me. And, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, hey, I won't be here. I'm going to be out in, you know, California. And, you know, to be able to finally, like, and, and just from the NGNG perspective, I mean, Darren, I finally get to meet you. I get to meet Brandon. Uh, by the way, Brandon's <laughs> like his computer network just totally died like at the very beginning. So he's not here anymore. But uh, yeah, I get to meet everyone. I get to meet uh, Laura. I get to meet, uh, you know, you guys coming out to the launch party. I get to meet you, Russ. I get to meet, you know, like it's so awesome to be. It's like, like it's going to be a party or something. Ah, uh, it's crazy. And, you know, it's funny. Is It still hasn't hit me. It, it really has. I mean, it's like. You know, I sit here, I'm recording this, I'm in, you know, my little office room, whatever, you know, in my, you know, apartment, I'm just like, you know, it's just in a week and a half time, I'm going to be getting on a plane, I'm going to be flying out to California, unless the aliens invade, and if that's, that's the case, I'm going to war, boys, so, you know, it's just, it's super exciting, and then roll right into NGNGCon, and, you know, be able to play tabletop and stuff. Now, that being said, Russ, um, Randall Bills will be at the MWO launch party, is there any tabletop action going to be going on? Yeah, he's going to be there. I believe there's going to be a table set up. There's going to be, uh, I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be saying here, but yeah, I think there's a tabletop set up going on as well as some kind of uh, interesting 3D printer thing going on up there. So I don't really know what's going on with that, but it's going to, it could be something pretty cool. Interesting. Um, yeah, I want to touch on what you guys, you said though. I mean, you're right. I think maybe one other valid point I can bring up to you know, to the listeners here that are, some of them are kind of legitimately concerned saying, hey, I'm concerned. I just want the game to be reflected in the best way. Now, is this the right time for launch? Because, you know, these features aren't released. But, A, I think we need to all sit back and, and, you know, think and say, we've all been playing this game for a year, so we've kind of forgotten what we're playing. But, 
you know, it's a really fun game. And, you know, PC Gamer, I know there was, you know, some people saying, oh, geez, you know, what'd you pay, you know, pay PC Gamer to say that? But, you know, that's that's an insult to, you know, our friends and the journalists over there at you know, um, PC Gamer and their integrity. I mean, we had no idea that article was even coming out. You know, they one of the top 25 shooters of all time and we're in open beta. You know, okay, guys, we're just way too close to it. You know, I mean, it's it's a really fun shooter and there's so much more to come. But the other point I'd mention is that those things that you really, really want, Community Warfare, UI 2.0, a lot of those things aren't necessarily, those are almost core community features. UI 2.0 isn't, of course, I, I grant you. But Community Warfare and the others are. It's actually, you know, it's more of the other things, you know, more of the, you know, if we took an extra three months before we 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 launched, it would probably be a lot of pressure to focus in on, you know, more tutorials and more of the things that you, as the hardcore fans, say, uh, great, but why are you doing this? You know, you should be working on community warfare. So, yeah, I guess sometimes it's important to kind of remember maybe what what are the things that really could help, a, you know, a media outlet, a reviewer, or someone with the game. Um, very few of them are, of course, going to come anywhere close to exploring the depths of MechWarrior like you guys have, you know, and, and have 15 mechs in your garage and be ready to get in a clan and play Community Warfare or something. 15 just, times I know. 5? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, I'm, I'm just you know. trying to be easy. I'm going to uh, <laughs> actually plug Sidestrafe again because I, I followed his experience with MWO back from when he tried it months and months ago um, and had kind of a miserable time. He wasn't getting necessarily the uh, torso twisting and the arm reticle separate from the torso reticle. You know, and I just saw some of the, the struggles that new players have. And what he said in his most recent video is that while he had complaints, like he was complaining about the the windowed UI, and I so desperately wanted to be able to tell him about UI 2.0. But anyway, he had some he had some complaints about the game. But he said, hands down, the core gameplay is phenomenal, and I think that's really you know that's something we do forget because we are so involved in the day to day, literally hour to hour sometimes of the game. But the core gameplay is totally fun, and we know everything that's coming you know in the in the future so that is uh, i do agree that that's an important thing to remember well darren just like russ just said literally we are too close to the sun per se mm -hmm. um I, I wake up in the morning you know today i woke up it was like eight o'clock out up i had my coffee got on here had my smoothie and stuff and i was talking i hopped down to a drop ship and talked to some of the, the guys playing on here on the ts3 and they're like oh you know what's going on blah blah and we talked and you know you just you realize i wake up and I'm involved with fucking Battletech. I, I literally, mm -hmm. I wake up and I read Battletech in the morning. I, you know, I check MWO, uh, the forums. I check Reddit. I check our Facebook. I, I, I get on our forums. I, I do everything. And uh, I'm interacting with people. I mean, and I haven't even had my damn cup of coffee yet. And so, you know, that's a lot of people. That's a lot of you guys listening. That's your life. And that's awesome, you know. And, and I think that just goes back to how important this IP is to every single person that's probably listening to this podcast. And guess what? If you're new, don't worry. In 17 years, you will feel just like <laughs> I, I mean, And, you know, and then that's the thing. That's that's the awesome thing. And uh, for me, uh, you know, this whole being able to, you know, just be a part of this community and, and do stuff and, and you know, like, I would, like Darren, I say this all the time. It's like, dude, two years ago when we started NGNG, like it would have been... Like if it would have been like, hey, Phil, Darren, in two years you're gonna have Russ, 
on your podcast talking about you guys going to the launch party and but i would have been like no you know like you're totally crazy but uh you know that's really cool and you know i just want to get again say russ you know i do appreciate you know you guys sending us the invite and then you know um you know letting us come to that i think it'll be like just uber awesome and uh, there are some things you guys get to hear about and see, and, and you know, there are some features and stuff. Uh, you know, Brian said he's going to be doing a, a panel on this and stuff like that. So it'll be really cool. But in general, I, I'm just ex- I'm looking forward to be able to meet your guys' faces and, like, actually, like, I don't know. I think there's going to be alcohol there. I'm going to drink a beer. Hmm. Or if not, you're going to smuggle it in in a flask. Right. Uh, Russ, back to the um, 3D printing. What are you thinking about the, the, the recent popularity in 3D printing, especially with the uh, Battletech figurines? Have you, are you seeing some of this stuff? I'm just blown away. I love it. Yeah, I guess I could give a you know, shout-out to uh, – I don't know if he's shared his real name. His name is Simon. I think he lives in the UK. Um, he, he made a couple of great ones. He made a, a commando and a raven that he sent us that maybe you guys have seen a picture of on the forums. And I basically commissioned him to make me – I said, I want you to make me one of every game, every mech in the game if you want. And uh, they're not cheap, as you know, because these are big. I mean, the dragon he just made me. Oh, man, it must be like, oh, I don't know, maybe even a, close to 10 inches tall, roughly. He probably posted. I haven't, I'm just getting ready to assemble it. Um, but I'm always shocked, you know, at, at how cool the stuff is. So I just think, can you imagine even just like every year that goes by, the technology is going to get mm-hmm. cheaper and better and pretty soon, you know, five years from now we'll probably have 3d printers in our house that can do stuff like that for like five bucks i was gonna say russ i just sent you a picture on skype i want you to save that look at it don't say what it is but we have a really really cool surprise coming for the community and uh, um i'm not gonna give any more details but i think you'll agree it's pretty awesome and um yeah so anyways 3D printing, I love the stuff. You see a bunch of uh, tabletop players out there creating their own uh, mechs, and obviously, what I just sent you, um, you know, we here at NGNG uh, will be keep divulging more info on the picture I just sent you. I, I know that's such a tease to everyone listening. Sorry, you'll see it soon enough, and you'll know what's going on. But uh, obviously, you know, talking about very, very cool stuff. We've got Project Phoenix. You know, I, I know you've caught so much shit. Um, for pretty much, you know, oh, unseen. I want my Marauder. Want my Marauder. Want my Warhammer. Want my perfect lance, as Darren calls it. And you know, obviously, you know the whole harmony goal and stuff. And you, you guys pulled through with the Dogrim and Crusher Joe. And, and you know, you, here we have it. We've got the Wolverine, the Griffin, and you know, my personal fave, the Shadowhawk and stuff coming out very, very soon. And you know, obviously, we talked to Brian about, you know, the basically the future. Uh, you know, the community warfare, the clans, and you know, out of the whole client talk, the, the one of the most important things I heard Brian say was, you know, hey, we're going to balance the clans. It's not going to be this, in, you know, this improportional, you know, beast that is. And it's not about your skill. It's about that this equipment's just totally OP and, you know, everyone navigates to that. And it was really nice hearing Brian basically confirm that, that you guys aren't going to make the same mistake as the past 30 years. And I, and I say that and. I know some people are like, no, you know, you're taking away my, you know, blah, 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 my, I don't know. But it's like, guys, you have to, you know, like. Yeah, I mean, look at it like this. I mean, I, yes, I I think that's one of the biggest things we realized is saying, you know, we're not going to make two games. You know, we we can't make two games. We can't make Mechwar Online and then make Mechwar Online Clans. And that's essentially what would happen if we didn't 
try to balance the content. I know back when we did a similar thing was we did double heat sinks and double heat sinks are not double heat sinks, they're 1.4 sinks. But honestly, even to this day, I think they're too powerful. I, 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 I still dream of nerfing them a little bit because you know I've got all my mech lab full of mechs now, but I buy a new mech and I don't upgrade it. It's got single heat sinks and even the even the point four, it honestly feels too powerful because it only costs you C bills. <laughs> Anyhow, that's that's just a reflection though of just how powerful the technology is. I mean, if they were truly 2.0, I mean, yeah, you'd have to get into full matchmaker stuff like battle value for your mech, and maybe we'll get there someday where it's you're doing battle value, so essentially some with single heat sinks doesn't end up in you know one of those matches. But you imagine the complexity that adds to matchmaking too, and say you got a really, really, really good player, like a 2500 ELO player or something, like a god of a player, buys a new mech and doesn't upgrade it once, and so he gets battle value. Now he's in with a bunch of noobs and just owns them. It, there's a lot of challenges there, but the point we're making here is that we have to balance the content. You know, we can't make two games. So who knows? I know Brian mentioned some really cool stuff about sharding. That would be, to me, it sounds really exciting. Um, but that's, you know, we'll have to see, we'll have to see the size of the community and, you know, what's viable. But, um, you know, and, unless that happens, then you really need to make all this stuff coexist. So you need to have people running around their mad cats um, and we'll need to find a way to balance them also through, um, you know, amplifying their tonnage in the matchmaker or something along those lines as well. You know, so they, maybe there's more tons on the other side if they're all intersphere sort of thing. There's lots of things we can play with, but it can't entirely be handled by, you know, just matchmaking and, and, and battle value. I think we firmly believe it and does need to be balanced so that it seems like the two things exist in the same universe. And that was really the problem, wasn't it? With the, you know, original, um, I think even to this day, Jordan and the various people would agree that that was kind of a mistake. That was really a, uh Oh, we made an entirely different game and, and it works for, for pen and paper or not, not so much pen and paper, but it works for, you know, battle tech novels. Great. An author can sit there and talk about how the inner sphere did all these guerrilla tactics and this, that, and the other, and they win. Yay. Well, <laughs> it's not really going to work in the game, right? You know, we've got to we've got to actually balance them out. We can't just say, okay, you guys get to run around in between the buildings, and you guys all have to stand out in the water. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I totally agree on that statement. And then on top of that, it's um, you know, in the novels, uh, you know, they talk about skill, and yeah, they, they do have their technologies better, but it's mainly about skill. Uh, you you can't translate that into cause, you know, like that's not how it is in real you know reality, like. And yeah, it, across the board, um, I don't think the introduction. Well, I, I think it can be argued the introduction of the clans in general. I think it was an attempt to revitalize BattleTech, and I think it did work. But obviously, from the tabletop perspective, the introduction of the tech, I think it was introduced. It's way OP. The, the balance as far as the clan weapons is way OP. And in the context of uh, if you had to choose between a clan or an ice version, you always go with the clan. But obviously, if you put in the context of, you know, you've got uh, supply, demand, you know, availability and all those things. Yeah, they fit in. You can make really nice stuff, especially if you can lose those set items. Yeah, the context is there. But you, you introduce that in MWO. No, it, it would it, everyone would gravitate. It's, it's like you just said, uh, single heat sinks. Um, I, and we asked Brian about that. Um, you know, you know, are they just a upgrade? And that's, you know, you just get away from them as soon as possible. Like. 
I think single heat sinks could still be effective. Uh, you know, maybe the mechanic looked at, it, and he even said that you know they may look at that when they do introduce the clans. I have no problem with having to watch your heat, you know, at all times, having to 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 micromanage and heat really be a part. And you know, I say that it's because double heat sinks are just. I mean. It, I took an Orion, it was like 0.83 or whatever efficiency, maybe 0.93 or whatever. Upgraded double heat sinks, it was 1.23. And I was like, oh, well, cool. I guess I'm uh, ready to go. <laughs> you know, like, but uh, yeah, those are just. Yeah, it's amazing. Like and, and people were, you know, thinking they were GIMP. You know, it's like, oh my gosh, 1.4, what the hell? But geez, I wish I would have been pushing a little harder to maybe set them back a little bit more. Um, or, or actually, that's not even fair. I mean, what I think, I think. What's happened here uh, is that the entire game has really been balanced around the 1.4 double heatsink. So the game feels really good for 1.4 double heatsinks, but doesn't feel very good for single heatsinks. So that's Agreed. the problem. Yeah. That's the problem really yeah. that we're facing is that uh, the game really is, is balanced for the 1.4 double heatsinks. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, I think more fundamentally, I mean, if you really want to get into it, the game's the any kind of advanced technology in in any universe. I mean, you can look at Eve for this. There's advanced tech weapons, and they are absolutely unequivocally exponentially better than the Tech One equivalent. There's Tech One. There's Tech Two. But they're more expensive. They're harder to make. There's maybe not as many of them. If you're a large alliance, it's simply not feasible for you to import. Uh, particularly some kinds of tech tech to ships you just can't get them um, or get them in the sufficient quantities to keep your pilots flying in them day after day after day loss after loss after loss I think the main problem that MWO is running into is it's not a game about loss and so there's no natural limiting factor like well the, yeah these things are better but we could make them more expensive or make them harder to get for players or make them more easily damaged harder to replace there's no balancing factor there the only balancing factor you have is the on-field performance really yeah and yeah, there's just then the you can't really cost. have better because there's always there's always better there's never well yeah it's better but maybe not cost effective because eventually you'll get enough money to get it and once you get it you don't have to worry about losing it ever yeah, it's true that I mean some of those things. Uh, those are all valid points. Um, some of them are based on the nature of you brought up even an example as you know an MMO with an economy that you know player made economy, and so that you're, you're you know some of that's based on that, and some of it's based on you know having to replace it as you say. And so obviously right now in MechWarrior Online, that's not a mechanic that currently exists in a game. You know without any kind of repair and rearm. There isn't any way to punish players beyond just the initial expense, and you know, getting seven hundred fifty thousand to upgrade isn't that big a deal. Uh, so, once you've upgraded, you've upgraded, away you go. So you're good to go. So there, there's there isn't a penalty there. So you're right. If we had repair and rearm and some of those things, there might be opportunities for us to say uh, you're going to be constantly kind of paying for these as they're destroyed and they're more expensive constantly. Um, but even still, I imagine people would be, it's just a necessity to have at that point. So you would just, you would just put up with it. Um, it's an interesting problem, you know, since we have this kind of hybrid of a game that, you know, kind of is MMO-ish and it's, you know, uh, how you continue to grow your mechs and stable mechs and your pilot lab and everything else, but isn't really an MMO from an economy standpoint. So there's no real way to 
I guess, continually make a player pay for those, you know, expensive double heat sinks. As you're moving into community warfare, it's going to look more and more like MMO, at least for players that choose to participate in that. And repair and rearm would seem like a logical step at some point. And maybe you guys would even want to think about having an NPC economy of some sort that, you know, you guys can keep track of supply, demand, cost, and balance it in-house. And You don't need a, like, player crafting system or anything like EVE has, but... You know, the Inner Sphere and the clans do have economies, supply lines, and especially the community warfare players, the players that are going to come in for that, they'd be sort of into that sort of thing, and I don't think they'd terribly mind it as a balancing factor if it meant they got to do some cool stuff if they paid the appropriate trade-offs. Yeah, I think community warfare, of course, will give us all sorts of interesting possibilities. Um, I think for the app, it's just the pub player, and one thing that I'd always kind of felt like and maybe this is kind of a remnant of my world of tanks playing days is that um i always wish that maybe we had decided to gate things a little bit more so um it's always a challenging conversation you know gating players and making them you know put in their time before they get stuff especially when you're got a new game and it's already have a steep learning learning curve and all that the only the only gate to getting double heat sinks and you know endo steel and ferrofibrous is um money just cash you know there's no play time you know you don't have to earn or lead out or master out or do any of those things before you get the upgrades and um i kind of wish maybe we'd done a little more of that gating for those uh, technology pieces and then and then of course again it comes into a matchmaking point after that because you can't throw in you know upgraded mechs against non-upgraded really so yeah very challenging i mean let's just put it this way mechware online and mechware in general but mechware online is I mean, quite possibly one of the most difficult games to balance that there is ever, and there ever has been. I mean, you think about it, in the Battletech rule set, all the different weapons from ballistics to, you know, the lasers to whatever else, mech lab, customization, um, in a full real-time first-person shooter environment, there's just nothing else really like it out there. It's an extremely hard game to uh, to balance. That's the bottom line. Yeah, and we talked about that many a times of, you know, um, the introduction of MWO. And yeah, I guess other titles had it as well, MechWarrior 4 um, and MechWarrior 3. But specifically, the aesthetics of the mech. Where are the weapon locations? Are they low on the arms? You know, the arms, did they have lower actuators? Are they up on the torso? You know, is it a big, broad barn like the awesome? Is it easy to hit? What about from the side view? What about frontal view? You know, like... Is it squat? Is it tall? Is it, you know... And then on top of all of that, it's like the player chooses a lot of those things. The engine side, the speed speed of the mech, the armament, you know, is the armament better at close range, long range, medium range? Is it a support? Does it have jump jets? What kind of sensors? I mean, you see what I'm saying? Like, I, And then when you get all that balanced uh, out, you add the clans. And then the Jenner, <laughs> fucks it all up. Swarm Darren and, you know, and me. And, no, well, it's... it's yeah, I mean, obviously, a lot of uh, content to come, a lot of balancing to come, and uh, you know, I'm looking forward to the ride and looking forward to meeting you guys. Uh, you know, in a few weeks here, we have gone way over time, Russ. We thank you so much for taking your time out today to share this information with us and uh, and being with us. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys, and uh, can't wait to see the launch party and all you guys. Anyone else listening that's going there? can't wait to see you and if you're not going of course it's all going to be live stream it's going to be a lot of fun i think one thing we're really going to show the world is 
what we saw at that last year's NVIDIA event is that, you know, Mech Online may just have a future in, in competitive gaming or something because the game just spectates so well. It's just so much fun to watch teams compete against another team. So I'm really looking forward to kind of uh, seeing that and see how that plays out. But the whole event's going to be great. Awesome. And again, you know, I just want to say, just like Darren said, thank you so much for taking the time. And uh, I am looking forward to meeting you, and I'm looking forward to, again, uh, spectating some matches, and uh, it'll be really, really awesome. And uh, it does look freaking sweet spectating uh, matches, I will say that. But uh, again, thank you, and of course, we'll see you very, very soon. And of course, guys, to everyone out there, hey, check us out on Facebook, give us a like. It's a great way for us to get information directly to you quickly, easily, and accessible. Just bam, right there. And of course, check us out on YouTube as well, No Guts, No Galaxy TV. And we're also on Twitch, NGNG TV. Those guys are doing awesome. They've actually been streaming this entire freaking time. Uh, and Baylor and friends are on here. You can hop on, interact with the uh, the Gingers and some of our other guys. Uh, the Foxy Short Bus was uh, streaming earlier. And uh, I just want to say thank you again to those guys for continuous mech porn streaming action. And, of course, to you guys. Uh, I just want to say thank you to our community and, of course, to our staff members and everyone supporting us. You guys are awesome, and I just want to say thank you. And, of course, this was your local No Guts, No Galaxy MechWare podcast. We hope you enjoyed tonight's show. This is Phil. This is Darren. This is Greg. Until next time, MechWarriors. It'd be best if you avoid me. But I know you probably can't You sense something is wrong with me You can feel it on my skin But there is more with it Just a little off The truth is at one time I was But now I'm a robot Forever disconnected from you